0: Good morning, church. Let me add my welcome to Pastor Brenda's. It's great to see you all today. It is good to be together. Um, This weekend, we appreciated your prayers. Um, We had our council retreat Friday and Saturday. We had advisors join us for part of the time as this group of servant leaders lifts up our church, prays for our direction, prays what we need to focus on this year. We had a lovely time. We'll talk more about what we talked about um, throughout this sermon um, and in the coming weeks. But thank you um, for praying and supporting us. Um, one of the things we talked about was the importance of gathering in person. And this was, of course, what I spoke on last week. And these were some of the key takeaways from that time together. Um, the first one, really, God shows up when we gather. And, and that's where we could sort of end you know, the reasons why we gather, because God is here with us. But when we gather, we're family together. When we gather, we're the temple. We're the body of Christ. We gather to help one another grow and to worship together. And there's power when we gather together. Um, One of the things we did last week, um, if you weren't here, is we had these encouragement cards that we gave everybody the chance to fill out and to bring it to the front and, and then to have people come and pick them up. And I heard from several of you after the service that you got the card that was right for you. And I always get to hear these encouragements, but you all might not. So I do want to give an opportunity. Um, Brenda has a microphone. If you have the courage to share about the cards you got, um, if it really connected with where you were, um, had, was an encouraging word for you, do share that with the church and let us uh, enjoy that encouragement together. So if you're brave enough, uh, slip up your hand. Brenda will bring you the mic. If you can't remember exactly what it was or exactly the verse, that's okay. Um, but do uh, share as you are led. I'll be holding the mic.
1: Okay. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, uh, Pastor Way. Um, I wouldn't say I have the courage to say it because I don't really remember the card uh, message. But the last word on the card was nothing. It it means that nothing can stop God from helping us and Mm -hmm. nothing will... Um, stop us from loving God. So mm. I really appreciate that card writer mm. because I could see from the writing style it was a bit like shaky hands. Mm. Maybe that person was touched by her own encouragement words mm. as well. Mm. So that's why I was really touched by those red words. Like mm. I was like really touched, and I was really grateful that at that moment, and um, it kind of concurs with my own encouragement to somebody else, which mm-hmm. I don't know who received my card, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's a really powerful and empowerment.
0: Mm, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
2: Hi. Um, the card I received said, God accepts you as you are. And um, I have no idea who wrote that. Um, it was in a green marker. And it's on my fridge now, and it's just there. Um, it, it meant a lot to me because as a, a growing up the way I did and as a young teenager, I struggled with acceptance as a person and self-esteem issues and a lot of things. And um, I am a lot older now, and I've come to terms with all of that to some extent. Um, but you know, those things tend to come up and like sneak up on you every once in a while. And Mm. it was just a reminder at that point in time. And I was saying to pass away last week, like, you know, when I got that, you know, it just, it just brought tears to my eyes, like some random in the sense that this person doesn't know who I am, just wrote this there. And I just happened to pick it up. And it just meant a lot to know that, um, we all want to feel accepted for, whatever reason and if if the church is not a place that does not accept you then mm-hmm. what is the point of all of this so yeah. it meant a lot to me so thank you
0: amen amen thank you lord thank you <laughs> all right anybody else uh had the courage to share it's sort of wonderful like I don't know who got my card. You don't know who got your card. Maybe sometime, maybe that person heard, oh, my gosh, that person got my card. I, you know, Sometimes we get to know the end result of our encouragement, and sometimes we don't. But um, it was touching to hear from several of you about how God had really used that. And I don't think it was a random sort of getting that card. It was, I think God intended it for you. So thank you, church, um, for sharing and for doing that last week. Today, we continue in the Why Do We series and Why Do We Serve. Um, This is an important part of our journey as believers in Christ. It's reflected in our vision at Community Church that we're a community that loves God, that loves people, and loves doing good. And I don't know how to love people without serving, and we see... um, Stephanie coming up forward here, you might be wondering, what is this lady doing coming up forward if you don't know who she is? But we have asked her to paint and um, to paint visually what she has been reflecting on as she looked at the passage um, this week and praying over it. Um, She did this in the first service as well. Uh, My wife, you know, thinks I have undiagnosed ADHD. And so for me, I love having sort of this distraction. It almost focuses you. So if you can, you know, concur with that, then let this be a beautiful distraction. If you're looking more at the painting than me, that's okay, because I probably would too. And um, let's just continue in worship as Stephanie paints. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you that you are here in our midst, that when we gather, you are present. And so I pray that your spirit... um, opens up our hearts today to your word and that you speak to each one of us what we need to hear today, Jesus, in your name, amen. So part of our vision comes from Jesus's words in this place and other places, and and one of the things Jesus says is this in John 13, 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, Right? If you love one another, that is what Jesus is saying is the test of whether you are a follower of Jesus. He doesn't say, if you believe the right things, right? If you go to the right church, if you associate with the right people, he says, if you love one another, this is the sign. And the early church took this to heart. See, there was a custom Before the early church, after the early church in the Roman Empire of infanticide, of of leaving babies out to die. There was also child sacrifice, and this was condoned by the Roman authorities. And so you have the early church in this environment responding to this need in their communities. The Romans would leave unwanted babies in the forest, and the Christians would go into those forests to rescue those babies. They cared for the people around them, not just their own people, but the people, the kids with needs. They sacrificed their own comfort to love others. They sacrificed their own security to extend that love, and Christians have had a history of doing this the last 2,000 years during the plague Christians would go into infected areas caring for those who had nobody else to care for them and oftentimes contracting the plague themselves and dying. But they took this verse to heart. You'll know that these are my disciples if you love one another. So this brings us to our passage today, Matthew 14. And it'll be on the screen and it's Jesus feeding the 5,000, but... Let me set the context for this passage. So Jesus had just found out his cousin and friend, John, had died. And not just died, but had been beheaded. Jesus withdraws to the hills to grieve. And the crowds follow him. And Jesus had compassion on the crowd, began to heal them. And then that brings us to our passage today. Verse 15, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Now I give the disciples credit here, right? They've been around Jesus. They see how he's caring for people. They're wanting to care for the people. And so they suggest, you know what? These people are going to be hungry. We are in the middle of nowhere. Send them to places that they can get food. And this is how Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We only here have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up the 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So Jesus doesn't just tell people to love one another without doing it himself. He is loving the people through this act. He's a role model for us. And he invites us into this reality of serving. So let's go back into the story. Jesus is grieving, right? The crowds follow. And how does he respond? Go away? No. Does he respond in anger? He has compassion. His heart is breaking for the people. He translates his sorrow over John into compassion for the needs of those around him. And he ministers to them. And maybe you have come to Jesus because of his ministry to you, for his compassion to you when you were in need. Now imagine being one of the disciples. You're you're not really leaders yet. You're just following Jesus. You're hanging around Jesus. And you see how Jesus cares for people. You're beginning to experience how he's doing that And you bring him a suggestion. You're caring for the people like this is a good thing. They recognize the need. The people are hungry. Jesus, we got to do something about this. And Jesus loves it when we bring suggestions to him, when we see the needs of our city, when we see the needs in our communities, in our churches, in our schools. And he loves it when we bring him our suggestions. But often he takes our suggestions and ideas and hands it back to us in unexpected ways. He says, yes, that is a need, and this is how that need can look. He says, if you really care for them, you give them something to eat. You bring an idea to Jesus, and he looks back at you and said, yes, good idea. You meet that need. He tells the disciples not to send them away, but to feed them. And isn't this how this works? So oftentimes when we're following Jesus, we see a need, and he invites us to fill it. And we probably respond like the disciples, or at least like me. What do we say? Uh, You know, I've got five loaves and two fish. That is not enough, right? Right? That's a reasonable thing for the disciples to say, uh, there's five thousand men, so you know probably double that number with women and children. They look at what they have and they say, "This is not enough. How can I do it? This is the little I have. But also at this point, you've probably been hanging around Jesus enough that you've begin to become transformed by who He is. You've seen how he ministers. You've begun changed in your heart. So you're wanting to hang in there with it. As crazy as his suggestion sounds, you, you want to carry on with this. So they offer what little they have, their five loaves and their two fish. And, and maybe they're thinking, you know what, we, we had planned ahead, Jesus. Like, we'd planned for our meal. Um, now you want us to give away our meal. There's a cost in serving, There's a cost in partnering with Jesus. And Jesus receives what they have. And what does he do? He receives it. He thanks God for it. He blesses it. And he breaks it. I think Jesus knew exactly what he was doing in that moment. I think it's symbolic of sometimes how we are broken open as we follow him, as we serve him, He opens our hearts to deeper places as we sacrifice in service of others. Jesus does this time and time again. He takes our ideas and our suggestions and he transforms it for our growth and for meeting needs. When we hang around Jesus, we catch a glimpse of this and he invites us into this process. We offer what we can, usually never adequate. He wants to do something more with it. And he blesses it, and he gives it back to us and says, give this. It'll be enough. So serving is not an option. It's a responsibility. And You might be thinking, wow, that's kind of harsh, Wade. Um, I thought you were the nice pastor here, and... uh, It's not me saying it, right? This is Jesus saying this. He says in John 12, whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. And he says even about himself, right? That he came to serve, that he came to give. I learned this back in youth group. I was sharing last week a little bit of my re-entry into church, and I got involved with the youth group, and we had a great youth pastor there that um, had a student leadership team, and um, that sounded great, you know, and I thought this is going to be an important role, and um, it really should have been labeled student servant team, and he had the heart of what being a leader was, was to be a servant. The heart of being a follower of Jesus was to serve, and so we did. Last week, I shared Erica was buying the donuts, right, amongst other things. We would set up chairs. We would pick up trash. We would lead in games. We would lead sometimes in talking. But it gave me, you know, that important truth that part of being a follower of Jesus, right, is loving other people. And love, friends, in the Bible is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's an action, right? It's an action that we get to partake in in loving other people. We see Jesus washing the disciples' feet, and then he says this, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Washing feet was not a glamorous job, right? He's humbling himself in service. He was not too good to do this. He was actually exactly the right person to do this, and we are as well. He says in Matthew, not so with you, instead whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Must be your servant. And then of course the second commandment. The first is loving God, right? That's the heart of our vision. The second is at the heart of our vision as well. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. Our serving is a response to Jesus. God meets needs through us. Tangible needs. He met the needs of the 5,000 plus on the hillside through what the disciples were offering of what they had. Jesus talks later with his followers about the sheep and the goats, and he separates the sheep and the goats And he talks about the real needs that the sheep had met. And as they were meeting those needs, they were actually ministering to Jesus as well. He says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. This is what it means to follow Jesus. And Jesus invites us into that work. In Ephesians, Paul says it this way, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, God doesn't need us, but he wants us. He invites us in to be his hands and feet, to meet real needs in the city, in our schools, in our homes, in our church. And he grows us in that place. He grows us when we serve. He grows our faith. He grew the disciples' faith in that moment of we don't have enough, but we've been around Jesus long enough. We should probably carry this on and see what happens, right? He grows us beyond our own abilities. Somebody was asking me last night, they're like, you know, Pastor Wade, you're an introvert. Don't you get nervous when you go up front? How do you do that? I get nervous and... I was like, yeah, especially when I started out. I was super nervous. I still get butterflies in my stomach, and it stretched me. Right, God, if you're calling me into this, you have to meet me in this place. Big and small ways, God will stretch us. I think it grows us as well in our character and humility. Right, In the fruit of the Spirit, God begins to grow in us as we open our lives up to him. I was asking the team this week, what are some of their truths about serving? And and Eugene said this one. He said, serving is you and God working together. And that's so true, right? We see that in this story. It's the disciples and Jesus. They recognize the need. They bring an idea. Jesus pushes back a little, right? And he says, actually, you meet that need. They're, They're doing this together. It's not, we needed the five loaves and two fish, right? Jesus used those things, but he made it more. He made it enough, and we get to collaborate with God as we serve. One of the things we talked about over retreat is that serving is not sort of ticking a box. It's a lifestyle, right? It's not sort of, okay, I've done my service for the week. I'm all good. I'm going to you know, go through my week with blinders on. I've done enough, and Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan, and he starts that story, you know, with two religious people, and perhaps they were just coming from service, and they had done their job for the week, and they walk by somebody who is beaten up, and they pass right along, and the least expected one is the one who ministers to this person. Serving isn't so much about okay, I went on this event, I'm I'm all good, right? It's how we live our lives. doesn't mean we have to say yes to every opportunity, right? We can still have boundaries, but we need to pay attention to where God is calling us into. We need to pay attention to the needs that are around us and how God might use us in those moments. Imagine the feeding of the 5,000. God used the need that the disciples brought to him, right? Right? We don't know how Jesus would have responded had they not brought in the need. But imagine if they say, Jesus, send them away, and he's like, no, you feed them. They're like, no, not going to happen, right? We've got five loaves, two fish. I'm going to look like a failure. I'm going to look like an idiot. This is a bad idea. I'm sitting down. You do it on your own. They could have done that, right? Maybe we've done that. God has called us into something We're like, nope, nope, nope. I might fail, right? If they had done that, they would have missed out on being a part of the miracle. I would love to have seen their expressions when they start handing out these five loaves and two fish and seeing miraculously there being enough to go around. And they were there from the beginning, right? They served the food. They cleaned up afterwards. They got to see God do a miracle, Pastor Brenda talked two weeks ago about turning the water into wine, and I always wondered, like, what it would have been like to be the servants that filled this with water and then brought that water to the host. Like, I don't know when it turned into wine, right? Was it already wine when they scooped it out, or did it turn into wine as they were arriving? But I would have felt like an idiot, right? God, this better turn to wine because I'm going to look really, really stupid bringing this water to the party but they got to witness a miracle. They trusted Jesus enough in that moment, and Jesus invites us to trust in him in that moment, see what he might do in and through you as you partner together. What holds you back? Might it be a fear of failure? What could happen? Maybe you don't know what you can do You don't know your gifts. Maybe you have to try some things out. Maybe experiment with some things. Maybe it's time. Maybe this is a busy season, but if, friends, you only have a busy season after busy season after busy season, I would invite you to bring your planner, your calendar, your Google calendar in front of God and say, what needs to change here? How can I be following you with this? Is there things that need to change? Invite others into that story. Maybe you're worried, if I go on one of these outreach things, man, I'm going to be committed forever. And I don't even know if I like doing that type of work, right? You know, at Community, we we want to give you opportunities to try things out, right? Whether that's internally here at the needs of the church or with our ministry partners or whether you're serving in your area that God has placed you. Um, Saddleback years ago came up with the acronym SHAPE to talk about how God might speak into us on the areas that he could lead us to. And and there's lots of great stuff online, and I I can give you the book if you want to explore that more. The S stands for spiritual gifts. How has God gifted you? And some of you might know, uh, some of you don't, No, there's online assessments. You can ask friends around you, hey, what do you think my spiritual gifts are? You can just try something out and see if God confirms a gift for you. What is your heart, the H? What are your passions? What stirs you? What are the things that maybe you get angry about in injustice? Maybe that's an area God is calling you into. What are your abilities, natural or learned, right? I would not be up here doing what Stephanie's doing right now, no. It's just not going to happen. You would not want to see it. (laughs) That's an easy one for me to figure out. What is your personality? How has God wired you? What are your experiences? What has God brought you through? At Thrive this week, I was talking about what does it mean to thrive? Some of us in COVID are just surviving, and it's hard to think about thriving. And I was sharing some of my challenging family experiences and And God has used those in my ministry to others, people that have went through similar things. Now I have some insights into a bigger heart capacity to love people in those situations. So if you're not sure where to serve, think through these things. Try some things out um, because we're all called as followers of Jesus to serve. I've asked a few people to share some of their stories of service. So let's see that now.
3: Hi, I'm Janet. Pastor Wei asked me to talk about why do I serve. Well, first of all, the outreach ministry in church is the only area where I served non-stop uh, since its creation in 1998. I also volunteer uh, with NGOs in Hong Kong and overseas. And why I do it for so many years is because I have to, I need to, after I realized that I have received from God so many undeserved gifts and blessings. The least I can do is to share them with people around me who are in need. And also throughout the years of service, I find that serving helped me grow and mature as a believer. And The more I serve, the more I am able to find peace and joy in not so good circumstances in my life. And also, I believe that God gave each one of us different strengths, weaknesses, and personalities. And this is what equipped us to serve different people, meeting different needs in different areas. And also, last but not least, it is really a very joyful and memorable experience if you serve with a bunch of brothers and sisters with the same calling. So I urge you to look around you there must be some opportunity that suits your strengths and your personality. So just go out, take the first step and serve in church or even outside church.
4: Thank you. Why do I serve? It's a very good question. And one I struggle with, to be honest, um, sometimes we think service is about being God's hands and feet. sometimes, It's that there's so much injustice that we must respond or even that I'm so blessed and so I should do something, surely. Um, But I struggle with those as concepts, um, mainly because it takes the emphasis back onto me. And so when I think about why do I serve, it comes back to one core thing. I see God. I serve because I see God. And a really good example of that is, with CCHK, um, with my family, we went to serve once at one of the the old folks homes and we we did a craft activity and I have no Cantonese. Um, I have lived here for 10 years and to my shame, I cannot speak any Cantonese. Um, And yet, there was a moment that was so precious. Um, I was doing a craft activity with one of the older ladies in the home and we had no communication, so it was signaling and sign language and smiles and giggling. And at one point she just held my hands and looked deep into my eyes. And it was as though she became lit up. She was lit up, luminous. She had joy and peace and happiness radiating through her. And I know that in that moment, What I saw was God, Um, it wasn't about what I was doing, it wasn't about the need, it was just the connection that God had given us through the Holy Spirit in that moment. And as I think about why I serve, that's actually the moment I keep coming back to. I saw God, and when I serve, I always see God. And that's why I serve, and that's why I will continue to serve. Because when I do serve, He's the one, always. Hi, I'm Susanna.
5: Hong Kong is a hustle and bustle city. We easily get carried away and so focused in all the three days. Serving others to me is to see outside my little world and get engaged with someone in need. This reminds me to bring love and care to others as Jesus taught us. I'm a regular volunteer for Zan Phong Heng elderly home and also occasionally serve on other church activities. Seeing the smile on people's face and the joy they have worth more than what I have done. I have the ability to serve by God's grace and I'm accepting it and hoping to extend it to other people. As you all would know, In Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus humbled himself, and his commitment to serve is to show his love to the world. So by making a commitment to serve is one of my expressions of love to our lord jesus in response to the love and sacrifice he made and an opportunity to bring glory to god may god give us compassion and a humble heart to see what jesus sees in christ amen
0: Amen. Thank you, Susanna, Janet, and Bex. They were all in the first service, and uh, we got to thank them in person. Um, So you might be wondering, where can I serve? And I'm so glad you asked. Um, On your seats are these cards, and these cards have opportunities both internally and externally different populations that we work with, different places inside the church, our spectrum youth, there's a huge need right now in that space. But however God might has wired you or nudging your heart, think through these things, um, whether it's inside or outside or both. Um, Prayerfully consider where God might be leading you. I want to lift up one particular Um, opportunity, and this is October 1st. It's a holiday, um, and it's a commitment um, of just two hours uh, to over in Kowloon working with ICM. We had May in the last service. I'm not sure if May is here again, Um, but she was here to answer questions, but it's pretty straightforward. Um, It's it's basically a two-hour commitment, serving food to the street cleaners. Um, we'll get to see the ICM facility and see the different ways that they're doing work, and they'll have the food for us ready, and then we'll take it out and bring it to the street cleaners in that area. Um, you can tick that box here if you'd like. We're going to have a song of response in a moment, and a couple of things I'd like to invite you into. If God is nudging your heart, um, you know, prayerfully consider that. Um, to see where you might be leading to serve, and you can bring those cards forward and leave them there. You might be serving in one of these right now, or maybe you're serving in the, you know, an area God has called you into um, that you're doing already, and you need prayer for that. We want to pray for you. So you could write down on the back of the card, pray for me, um, I'm working with whatever it is, Um, that you are doing, and we want to pray for you. But we also want to give you the chance to be prayed for today, so I'm going to invite up our prayer ministers um, who will be up here. Um, They can pray with you. One, if you're discerning, you know what, God was nudging my heart in this time about this. Um, I need prayer to see if that's really what God is saying. Or it might be, you know, I am at my wit's end and doing this service and wherever it might be. Um, a school, a neighborhood, and please pray for me. Um, Our prayer ministers will be up here and would love to pray with you. Um, Also, um, communion elements are up here this week, and so during this song, be sure to come up and pick up an element. God, I pray um, for each of us that your spirit continues to bring to us the words we need to hear from you, God. May you continue to minister in this time to us in your name. Amen.